0: over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time gets down, the lightning with the Stanley Cup, they have reached the top of the mountain, they are the Stanley Cup champs. Hello everybody, episode 5, the Super Bowl hangover edition of uh, For Future Considerations or what Manny may call it, the worst night of his sports life, but we'll get to that (laughs) at some point today as well. Um, (laughs) My name is Matt, Uh, we're joined by uh, John Rashad, our our producer and uh, the new helm of the uh, NFL experts, the new GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I believe you're doing coverage for uh, the Tennis Network and the Australian Open. Uh, Anything else you got on the go, John?
1: no that's about it right now i like to keep it simple i don't want to make things too complicated
0: and we'll get into the future for future considerations after dark uh, later on in this as well that, uh, that's bringing its ugly head back uh and we've got uh manny here as well manny first off what are you drinking secondly if you stopped drinking and, and thirdly how are you feeling a few days after uh, uh, a rough a rough go all the way around for you
2: hi matt hi John
0: it sounded like me last week
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh man I'm so disappointed by the Super Bowl I was so disappointed that I've been drinking my sorrows away since the first quarter (laughs) of Sunday night unbelievable god-awful performance by the Chiefs and the Raps, and Weekend wasn't bad. I know we'll talk about that. And I'm drinking vodka tonight. All that's right. What Very
0: nice. Very yeah. nice. What are you drinking tonight? I've got, uh, I don't know what kind of uh, red wine uh, you, you're you're giving me here. I don't know if this is... Uh,
2: Portuguese passion wine.
0: Portuguese passion wine. All right. Yeah. Tastes a little bit like Welch's, but... <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what we do.
0: That's, that's we the make, idea, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, we make it... Uh, we make it... Tastes like a juice box. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it when it hits you later,
0: you yeah. Know there you go, you. John. What are you Rashawn, drinking? What what Kool Aid jammer do you have going tonight?
1: <laughs> Actually, uh, McLean's, and it's an Indian Pale
2: Ale.
0: Okay, very nice. So
2: yep. McLean's is in is it Hanover? Uh. Uh, or Blenheim, or <laughs> or um, Newstead? No, Newstead has its own beer, right? Newstead's
0: got its own. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I want to say um, McLean's is in the big metropolis of Hanover in southern Gray County.
1: I have to look it up because I poured it into a pint glass.
0: McLean's uh, Ale on 14th Avenue in downtown or outskirts of Hanover.
2: Hanover. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great metropolis. And
0: it's a great beer, too. I haven't had the IPA, but the, um, the blonde, is it the blonde? Is that what they, the, just their, their regular face? Really it's really good. Blonde's really good.
1: Yeah, they make a bunch of good beers. They also have a cherry
2: one. I don't know what I'd feel about that. It was different.
0: For sure. Well, I, I'd give that a go. M- Manny has got a, uh, a poor history of uh, citrusy, <laughs> fruity type uh, type beers. One, one afternoon, we were at my house, and uh, we were just got a bunch of tall boys and threw them in an ice cooler, and just reach in, grab one, and that's the one you drink, and uh, I think we had about... 24 beers in there just single tall boys and i think you grabbed 12 citrus beers and i had a a nice light afternoon of some uh some some ales and some ipas and it was very nice
2: some blonde ales and here (laughs) i was i grabbed every citrus drink in the cooler (laughs) just my luck for that day that
0: was that was for sure
2: so john did you watch the super bowl or did you watch the most dangerous animals in the world, or... No,
1: I put off the most dangerous animals in the world for a week, and I watched the Super Bowl. And I always give you guys such a hard time about the Super Bowl and how I like the CFL. What a game that was. That was amazing. This is what these guys are talking about. That's what I (laughs) thought... Another touchdown, and they're going to have half what Tampa Bay has. I mean, it was
2: just... Oh, come on. There hasn't been a blowout in Grey Cup history.
0: Come on, get off your CFL high horse. I said in our last episode that it was going to outscore last year's Grey Cup. And for the record, last year's Grey Cup, or the last Grey Cup, was 33-12. to 12. So it wasn't terribly off, but... <laughs> That's a bad CFL game. That was a bad NFL game on top of that. Yeah. I thought
2: you were going to say the last great cup didn't even happen. So it's still outscored.
0: <laughs> it's still outscored. Somehow.
2: It's just bad. I know we're going to talk about it yeah. here in a bit and what went wrong, but it was it was a bad Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, we'll celebrate uh, with the OT that we did, our first edition of the oh, yeah, OT. yeah, last
2: Last Friday, we yep. dropped it.
0: So we've got some good news. We've got something to celebrate here. We played the game called The Missing Link. So basically, um, I had given four players, was asking uh, the listeners to find the link between those players. Uh, to recap again real quick, the four players, Giovanni Car- Carmazzi, Chad Pennington, Mark Bulger, and Chris Redman. And we did get a winner for that one, Troy from Kingsville. Knew the correct answer. Did you guys catch on to to what what was the missing link there,
2: John? I... I'll let you answer first because I I think I did know.
1: No, I originally thought it was guys who had played less than a full season in the NFL, but uh, by the fourth clue, I knew
0: I was wrong. And and Manny,
2: I thought it was guys drafted. Before Tom Brady in the 2000 NFL draft,
0: that's correct. So, Tom Brady is a wow. sixth round pick in the NFL draft of 2000. Giovanni Carmazzi, who I think played as many minutes as John Rashad has in the <laughs> NFL, Art Bulger, Chad Pennington, Chris redman all went before Tom Brady, who on Sunday won his seventh Super Bowl.
2: That's crazy. And Troy knew that. So, congratulations, Troy, from Kingsville. You'll get a great book. He's a Leafs fan. So he's going to get a Toronto Maple Leafs book. And um, uh, we did get a couple other guesses, too. Some of them were right. Some of them were not right. So (laughs) we were able to stump a few people on that. So good for you, Matt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Keep them coming. We'll do it again on Friday. We'll do a different game. And uh, again, uh, more opportunities to win and get involved.
1: We also got an email from uh, Mike who said he loved the idea of future considerations after dark. And uh, he had some uh, guest ideas for us. Uh, Former wrestler Val (laughs) Venus.
2: He'd be pretty good, actually.
1: (laughs) Friendly neighborhood good guy Joey Bag of Donuts. Yeah. Yeah. And the late, great Chippendale dancers. um, Do you remember the uh, SNL skit with Chris Farley and uh, Patrick Swayze?
0: Okay.
2: That might be one of my favorite skits all all time on Saturday Night Live.
1: My favorite moment ever is when Chris Farley goes to take off the shirt.
0: Just turns it into a (laughs) tracksuit.
1: And then he also suggested Will Ferrell as another possible guest.
2: Will Ferrell would be great, right? And anything that he does. (laughs) <laughs> so thanks, Mike, for listening. Love the feedback. Yes. Absolutely That's love great. it. That's great. Uh, if you want to email us with any feedback, show suggestions, feel free to do so. Our email address for future considerations at Gmail.
0: Yeah, you can find us on social media as well, at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, or on Facebook at For Future Considerations.
1: So on the show today, we're going to play Rapid Fire once again, and we'll also talk about hockey and what's going on with another benching in Columbus. And of course, we're also going to talk about that great game, the Super Bowl. Would you have
0: guessed when this impossible season was trying to launch that you'd get it all in you'd get to Tampa and when the Super Bowl ended the ball would be in the hands of Tom Brady
1: so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl by beating the Kansas City Chiefs 31 to nine in a game that we all agree wasn't very good. But Matt, you had the Bucks, and you get bragging rights for the show. How did the Bucks win? Uh,
0: the Bucks won on defense, and that was the plain and simple. I mean, uh, that game you could have played probably another couple of quarters, and I'm not entirely sure that Kansas City really has many more scoring opportunities. Uh, they were they were outstanding. Uh, you know, Tom Brady wins the MVP award. It, it, for the most part, unless something drastic happens, it's always the quarterback, and, and I get that. And and he was he was good, um, you know, obviously enough to uh, to win the Super Bowl, but uh, did not have any touchdowns from the NFL's most potent team. Um, three drives over sixty yards. That's it for the the Kansas City Chiefs for the game. They got inside the twenty five yard line and in, uh, in Tampa Bay's side three times. One field goal, one interception, one turnover on downs. They dominated that game, and that that was uh, a a sleeper, and that was ultimately the only way that Tampa Bay was going to win that game.
2: See, I thought the game ended early for Kansas City. Uh, Do you remember the goal line stand that -hmm. the Chiefs had? They stopped the Buccaneers and goal to go. Uh, On the fourth down, they gave it to Ronald Jones and he got stopped right at the goal line. And I know Kansas City got the ball at the one there. And no, as Jim Nance said, no one's ever gotten ninety nine yards in a Super Bowl. But I thought the Chiefs had some momentum there. It was third and eight. Mahomes throws a perfect pass to Kelsey. He drops it. You don't see that happen too often. So the next play, Kansas City's got the punt the ball. They punt it. Pretty well, actually. But there's a penalty on the play for holding. And they have to punt it again. And they lost between the two punts. There was a difference of 30 yards. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay got the ball in Kansas City territory and promptly scored a touchdown. So the game swings there. Kelsey drops the ball. You take a penalty. And because of that, your punter... Screws up again. Yep. Tampa Bay takes the lead and it doesn't help. Like penalties were the main thing for the Chiefs. And I do think that there were a couple of chintzy calls that I didn't like from the reps, but drop passes and penalties killed them. I thought Patrick Mahomes was fine. He was hitting people in the hands, he was hitting people in the helmet. Like the ball Directly was right there in, the in that face. helmet.
0: Yes. And they
2: still dropped the ball. So penalties and drop passes killed the Chiefs, I thought.
0: One thing that uh, I saw as far as stats were concerned from the Super Bowl afterwards that was absolutely mind-boggling, and this to me is more of an offensive line uh, issue, but you've got a banged-up quarterback. Obviously, he was even more banged up as the game goes along. Patrick Mahomes, in that game, ran 497 yards, (laughs) scrambling.
2: Yes, he did
0: scrambling, he ran almost five lengths of the football field. He, he dove a la Bobby Orr and made a perfect pass that should have been caught right at the end of the game as well. And I listened to some of the great audio from NFL films of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers talking about Patrick Mahomes. And it's all just, you know, Mike Evans is referring to him as a magician. And how did he do this? And did you, did you see that? I mean, he he was he put on a spectacle for, for what he was. I, I thought he was. I thought he was poor at the beginning of the game. I thought he got better. He didn't get any help. From his, his wide receivers and then, and, or his tight end. But as the game went along, the offensive line wore down and he was just running like he was on fire.
2: Yeah. And, and the, this, because of that, and that's a great point for you to bring up, I just thought the play calling was terrible. Because if your line sucks, mm-hmm. right? And they're Tampa Bay's playing too deep safeties to take away Tyrone and linebackers and, and uh, nickelback are covering Kelsey. Why are you not just dumping it off to your running back out of the backfield, right? It's, it's a quick three-step drop. The ball's out of your hands in less than three seconds. So the poor O-line doesn't play a factor at all in the game because you keep dumping off to your running back. And by doing that, maybe it forces Tampa Bay safeties to play up. Yep. And then you can hit Tyrone. I just thought the play calling Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, did not do them any favors, especially Patrick Mahomes.
1: We did some prop bets on the show last week, but you guys, I saw on uh, your Facebook pages, you did a full-on 50-question prop sheet for the Super Bowl. Do
2: you guys want to talk about uh, who won? Well, I didn't do well because I picked basically the Chiefs for every one of them.
0: So can we, can we go over Manny's night for, for a second here? So he takes the Chiefs. Okay. I, I mean, sure, any, anybody would. You take the Chiefs, they're terrible. You were, what, 11 seconds off of winning a major prop bet for the first touchdown, the time of the first touchdown of the game which would have paid you three figures. Three figures, yep. We then do – stop it, Rashad. Laughing at – you take $100? Come on now. Laughing at my misery. <laughs> but we're not done, Rashad. We do this 50-question prop sheet that's Manny's idea. Manny finds it. He does all this research. He puts it all together in a great form, a beautiful sheet. And he he doesn't win the prop bet. He doesn't <laughs> – he doesn't beat his he doesn't beat his wife in the prop bet. He, also, he also doesn't beat his thirteen year old daughter in the prop bet Rashad. <laughs> I got thirty right. It was it was Wags night, so it was uh, wives and girlfriends. Uh, my girlfriend ended up with forty points winning the prop bet. She was going to bet on she was going to bet on colors of jerseys, but then she realized both of them had red in it, and she was screwed. But somehow, (laughs) because she won five five in the halftime show, and I think she won the coin flip and a bunch of other things, Manny's wife finishes second at 38. I finished at 36, and we only list the daughter first on this, so that Manny's dead last (laughs) in the list. But they both finished with 30.
2: How brutal is that? That's just (laughs) that
0: was that was Manny Pava's Sunday night.
2: Brutal, uh,
1: Manny. Are your kids watching uh, any sports upstairs that you don't know about?
0: Trust me, I've talked to his thirteen-year-old that filled out the sheep. She is not watching sports, sports in her
2: spare time, and she still had the same score I did. That is how my night went Sunday night. Brutal. <laughs>
0: I'm not one to throw it in people's faces. I think losing the prop bet is even funnier than picking Kansas City to win the Super Bowl.
2: Buccaneers, woo! woo!
0: (laughs) Blue Gatorade. Get out of here, Blue Gatorade.
2: Who has Blue Gatorade?
0: That might be the worst flavor of the Gatorades.
1: Do you think it was Windex flavored?
0: It's probably a blue raspberry. (laughs) Yeah, it is actually. Windex. (laughs)
2: No wonder they dumped it.
0: (laughs) That's why Bruce Arians Arians was glowing in the press conference.
1: Did you know that uh, this Super Bowl between the Bucks and the Chiefs had the lowest TV ratings for uh, CBS for the Super Bowl since 2007?
2: Well, I thought maybe more people would be home watching and there wouldn't be as many parties or there shouldn't be as many parties. So therefore, there would be more TVs on because... Instead of groups of ten and twenty people watching one TV, they'd all be at home watching. So that was,
0: that was exactly my surprised. thinking. But in a bigger in a bigger uh, scheme of things, this just proves one thing to me: the television is dead. You're TV dying. is done. Dying. It is it is not coming back because I know, Rashad, you've got a, a number of the about the streamed games or how yeah. much that game streamed.
1: And drew ninety six point four million total viewers across all the
2: different platforms. That's ninety six point four million across all platforms. Yeah, is good, but the fact that they had the lowest TV ratings tells me everybody's watching it off cable, right? Yeah. They're, they're watching it on an internet feed or whatever
0: somehow or whatever yeah. it is. So that to me, I'm surprised that number is so low. But it's it just you know that TV network television. For what it is, is 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 done.
2: I went back and looked. One hundred and seven million was the highest. Wow. So that's still a few million off there.
1: And uh, maybe most of those people wanted to see the weekend, do the halftime show. How do you think he did?
2: I wasn't over the top, but I thought it was good. Like it wasn't um beyonce shakira awesome or justin timberlake janet jackson amazing (laughs) wow (laughs) but i thought it was good i thought it was good it was different because he wasn't on the field the entire Mm. time
0: Mm. um i liked the inside the the stage with all the lights and and the running around in there i liked all the guys coming out on the field at the end i like that to to me this this Shows me two things, number one, having one person and only one person is very boring yes he, there needs to be more people. You need to get another band he needed to have other people, him just standing on that stage, singing those are great songs, and manny can attest to it. I was singing to most of them, <laughs> standing at his bar, watching the game, but him just standing there singing with the you know the the crowd behind him the the orchestra or whatever you wanted to call him it was a little dry for me. After all you think about that, he spent $7 million of his own money to do that? That sucks, if that's what it is.
2: So that's what I want to know. What did he spend his money? Did he spend all his money on getting the choir behind him or all the other people on the field with the masks?
0: I don't know. I don't know what a set like that would cost. What I'm interested in is what the NFL was going to do for him that he now thinks he has to put seven million dollars of his own money into that show th- that show didn't blow anybody away like that stadium has right. fireworks those aren't his i don't, if he had to build the stage like i don't know honestly I feels like the travel of all these people is probably what what he's paying for really because the I mean. set was was fairly plain so i i i, w- I thought it was okay at the time Looking back on it, I thought it was boring with just him. And the fact that he put $7 million of his own money into that is one of the worst investments I can think of from an entertaining standpoint.
2: Like, I got to think he paid the paychecks for all the people to perform.
0: That had to be it. Right, that was, was a, a lot of people. There
2: were a lot of people. They covered the whole field plus the choir behind yeah. it. Like, I think it would have been cooler if somehow he flew down to the field – from the edge of the stadium where he was. But I, I thought it was good. I thought it was fine, but it was nothing to write home about. Uh he ended with blinding lights, mm-hmm. which I think was a good call too. Great yeah. song. Um now that you know the title you're gonna be singing that song the Ooh, entire time.
0: <laughs> I'm blinded by the lights. No, I can't sleep until I feel your touch.
2: That's enough. That's enough. Ooh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was to me, it was fine. Is it one that I'll remember in three years, four years? Probably not. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. The one thing we are going to remember from the Super Bowl is maybe well the call of the week. This is the play of the week segment. The call of the week this time is this guy who in the, was it the third quarter, fourth quarter? I think it was later on in the day, wasn't it? The fourth quarter. It was fourth or so.
2: quarter. It was fourth quarter. I think
0: we had a streaker at the Super Bowl, and we had one of the best calls of any sporting event that we've heard in the last couple of years. Second down, 20 503 to go. Someone has run on the field some guy with a brawl And now he's not being chased, he's running down the middle, the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants, put up your pants, my man! Pull up those pants! He's being chased to the 30, he breaks a tackle from a security guard, the 20, down the middle, the 10, the five, he slides at the one, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the brawn. and be a man! And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl?
2: That was so good. That was so good. Uh, Kevin Harlan, he did one with a cat running on the yes. field. That was amazing. Yeah, but-
0: that was great. That one was really good, too. I don't know why the guy slid at the one. He was right there. I don't know. He was right there. He got dummied, though, which was great. And The play of the week, and I know know exactly where you're going with here. I want to mention Shane at Next Level Athletics uh, in Windsor bringing us the play of the week. Shane specializes in sport training and nutrition, preparing your body for the next level. One of our our best friends who we're going to have on the show here very soon. And let me tell you, if, if Shane were streaking at the Super Bowl, they'd have just let him. Like, you should see this guy just... They'd have done circles. The crowd would have been cheering. They probably would have broadcast the whole thing. <laughs> Just look at look at this. Look at this guy. Look check, at check this, this specimen. Look at this stud on wheels.
2: This specimen is unreal. Like I did one of Shane's classes recently. Okay. I've done I've done a few now. Yep. Um. But because he broadcasts on Facebook and IG, yep. uh, and he does a class live every Thursday night. Go to his Facebook page when you can find it. But. They're tough. They're not easy. No. They're not easy. He gets you going really good. Thanks, Shane, for your support. And go check out Shane and Next Level Athletics. But did you hear this guy um, who did the streaking? Uh-huh. He bet $50,000 on a prop bet at plus 750 that there would be a streaker At the Super Bowl. So it it basically cost him $1,000 to get out of jail. Okay. And his profit was $374,000 for running onto the field.
0: If that's real, that's the worst bookie in the world. (laughs) That's the worst bookie in the world. Oh, you're going to the game? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to bet you $50,000 that there's going to be a streaker. Wait a second.
2: (laughs) And it's the guy. I'm going
0: to put an asterisk on that it's anybody but you, the person that's making the bet. As long
2: as you don't do the streaking, I'll keep the bet. (laughs) Well, then I'd ask my buddy to go streak in.
0: Oh, for sure! Right,
2: and yeah. then you split the money or whatever.
0: Yeah, a thousand to get out of jail. He gets a hundred. You get two fifty. Everybody's happy.
1: I just went back and looked it up. That seven million dollars that uh, the weekend paid for the Super Bowl, he could add Evander Kane play hockey for him for a season.
2: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Evander would still be in debt, though, wouldn't he? <laughs> still wouldn't get him out of debt. Oh. Uh. <laughs>
1: Now to the other topic we wanted to talk about, uh, the NHL and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Head coach John Tortorella benched Patrick Liney Monday night against Carolina. He didn't play at the last six minutes of the second period and none of the third. And so is there a problem in Columbus already?
0: You've shortened your bench most notably with Liney not playing at the end of the second, all of the third. What was behind that? Was that the mischeck on the McGinn?
2: No.
1: No, that, that that you know, that, that's gonna stay in house. I know you guys are gonna try to work me on that.
2: Well, Torts benched Dubois, rightfully so I thought. Yeah. Um, because there was no effort from Dubois and it, he was on his way out. Line A comes in. Listen, I know Torts is an old school guy and um, maybe he rubs people the wrong way, especially young guys like old school coaches don't seem to work in the NHL anymore. Right. But I don't mind towards giving a young guy a kick in the ass saying, dude, you're not playing well. It's time to go. You don't see other guys on that team complaining. Like Felino has been on that team mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. Wierenski, Seth Jones, these guys aren't complaining. Roslovic, the other player they got from Winnipeg in the deal. He's looked good. He scored the game winner yep. in overtime. And Columbus still won the game. So what does that say about the team more so than Torts? The team still won when they mm-hmm. benched Laine. So the team is still playing hard for Torts. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think there's a problem with him benching Lining.
0: No, this is the problem in Columbus, is lazy-ass hockey players that think they can give less than 100% on a hard coach's team and get away with it. That's the problem. I'm thinking as I'm looking at this, I wouldn't be surprised if you dealt Patrick Laine after this. Maybe he doesn't even play the whole year, because to me, John Tortorella is an old-school guy, and John Tortorella truly and you get down to it wants his guys to play hard for 60 minutes to leave it all on the ice every game when did we start departing from that as a as not just an expectation but it's almost like we're lucky that we're getting 22 minutes out of patrick line where he's actually trying I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Cam Atkinson, another guy who's played on Columbus for a number of years, his quote after the game, if you're not giving 100% and looking like you're trying to get it, or looks like you're trying, he's going to sit you. He's done it to me enough. We've all been through it. Not enough coaches are dealing with players like this because you can't deal a guy who's unhappy, who gave less than 20% effort in some of his shifts get another guy who in his third fourth game is already doing it get him out of town too because in both of those situations that we've talked about both of those games columbus has won is columbus going to win the stanley cup this year no does patrick line bring them any closer to winning a stanley cup this year no so get rid of him trade for draft picks go get some young kids that are hungry that'll work hard and build John Tortorella's team players always outlast coaches in any sport but to me we lose a guy like John Tortorella it's just gonna be a softer and softer game
2: and I think it's Yarmo's on the same page with torts I think you build a team that Yarmo likes I'm surprised by your take there I'm glad you're with me on this mm-hmm. because I see it with too many coaches who are trying to play favorites with the young guys, and then they wonder why they lose the room, why they lose vets. Tortorella and Yarmo, for that matter, are trying to build a culture in Columbus, mm-hmm. and you can't do it with guys who don't give 100%. I'm with you. Trade line A. He's a restricted free agent. If you're not going to sign him, trade him, yep. get value for him before the trade deadline. And then build your team that way. I'm with you 100% do I think, on that.
0: Do I think Patrick Laine's value in the league has lowered because of this incident? No. Do you think you're going to keep this guy around? And this may just be a wake-up call. It may not have been that bad. John is just setting the pace. We're not doing this this crap again. So it may have just been something like that. But, you know, Rick Bonus benching Dobin, the goaltender, because he slept in before practice. Bench him. Beautiful. You sit Patrick Laine, he's not giving all of his effort. Beautiful. Like, there, there has to be more of this. There, there's got to be, for every Patrick Liney that thinks he's going to be able to play this game with just pure skill, which a majority of, of players get away with it at a very, very high level. There's a guy that will come in and that will work hard and, and pull that off and, and be that kind of guy. Columbus, Ohio is a tough town. It is a tough city. And I think the same thing about Detroit, being right here and, and growing up across the river from, from Detroit. It's a tough city. I don't want the fancy guys. I don't want to see the guys. You know, every team needs a, pa- a Pavel Datsuk. Right? Everybody needs a guy like Hendrik Zetterberg. For absolutely, 100%. But who's the best, who's the most popular Red Wing in Detroit right now? Tyler Batruzzi. And it's not even close because that kid puts his ass on the line every shift he takes.
2: Yeah, and I think there's a value for line as because somebody who's a contender will want to add Absolutely. a goal scorer for the playoff run.
1: And speaking of old-fashioned guys in hockey, Brian Burke has another job, leaving the broadcast booth to become the president of hockey operations for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Ron Hextall is the team's new GM. Do you guys have any thoughts on those moves?
2: Uh, Hextall was with the Flyers and the Kings, helped them build up their prospects. Um, Burkey is an old-school guy, uh, was on TV, I think was waiting for the right situation. I don't know if I have many feelings on this. Um, I'm wondering why Mike Fuda doesn't get a job. Our buddy, Mike Fuda, he's, he helped build that Kings organization. And as he's the guy who drafted Doughty, he's the guy who drafted to Foley in LA. He won cups with LA. When's he getting a job? I know he's on TV, so maybe he's following in Berkey's footsteps now too, but um, they seem to be recycling the old guys again.
0: Yeah. I, I, I feel like it's a, bit of a mess uh, with those guys. I think they might be, you know, I, I think Brian Burke is is more of a table setter. In his position um, overall, I think eventually that goes to somebody else. Um, he might have a couple of years, two or three years uh, left in him working in, in a front office before he, he calls that quits. I don't know if this is a Mario thing, if he obviously would have had some kind of relationship with Ron Hextall. I don't think Ron Hextall a very good GM. I don't think he's got a good track record at all. Do I think there is an assistant GM or somebody sitting at home, a la Mike Fuda that, that could have come in and, and built uh, a team with a little bit better chance than, than Ron Hextall and, and Brian Burke, probably. I think it's a bit of a miss, but same thing. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Pittsburgh seems like they're getting really close to that being on the fence of rebuilding or, or retooling or, or, or making another run. So it'd be interesting to see which way they go with these two guys.
1: I'm kind of disappointed we're not going to see that segment that Brian Burke was doing for Hockey Night in Canada during the uh, first intermission of the second game. Um, it was kind of like a Don Cherry type thing, but uh, it didn't come off as contrived. He made a lot of good points. He had a lot of good takes, and uh, I think it's kind of too bad that that's not going to continue.
2: I think it was called To the Point. Uh, I thought it was good, too. I watched that a few times, and he um, he pulled no punches there. He was pretty good with that.
0: If you want more of that, read his book, too. Burke's Law is excellent, excellent book.
2: You know who I think is really good on television is your boy Kevin Bieksa there, Rashad. Yeah, he's very good, too. I don't know what's going on with his hair, but <laughs> he, he, he's pretty good on television.
0: Are you ready?
1: And now it's time for Rapid Fire, guys. I have a variety of questions and topics. Are you guys ready?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
1: Okay, who plays longer? Tom Brady or LeBron James?
0: So Tom Brady's 43, LeBron James is 36. Uh, I don't think either guy is comfortable with a bench role or uh, coming off the bench or being a backup. I'm I'm gonna say LeBron, I, I think it's gonna be pretty close though.
2: Are we going by seasons or
0: age? I'm going by age with mine. Okay.
2: Yeah, because I'd go by age. Brady's played 21 seasons. And LeBron's played 17 already. Mm. Even though there's a seven-year difference in age, there's only a four-year difference in seasons. Mm. So uh, I, I think, would think
0: LeBron by age and, and, all, and all by season yeah. I think
2: he'll play more. Although you kind of wonder what else. Lebr- LeBron's got his hands in other things too. Like, I wonder if maybe he'll focus on some of the other things. but. I I would tend to lean towards LeBron on that.
1: Who wins more championships, Brady or LeBron?
0: I'm going to say LeBron in this one, too. Uh, Tom Brady's got seven. LeBron James has four. Let's say LeBron James could very easily be at seven right now as well if he had better success earlier in his career. The NBA to me, and I'm not a big NBA guy, but the NBA to me is a five-team league. I don't feel like LeBron James is in any sort of retool mode. Uh, the NBA, you find all your buddies, and somehow everybody's able to manage to play together in a salary cap. and uh, I, I don't get it. Um, I, I think LeBron James has the better chance of winning multiple Super Bowls or multiple NBA championships more than, than Tom Brady does Super Bowls. I
2: don't think he catches seven, though. If LeBron... If LeBron... He won two out of three years with Miami when they had the dream team there in Miami. Yep. He only won once in Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. So if he if he had more success in those stops, I would say yes. For sure. I think I think Brady uh, will lead at the end when LeBron retires. Brady may still be at seven. I think LeBron's at six. I don't even know if he passes Jordan. Jordan won six titles, right? Six titles yep. in the NBA. Yep. 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 I don't think LeBron passes six.
0: This is where, again, with LeBron James and the age and the seasons and all that, he's only got his eye on a couple of things. Seven championships is absolutely one of
2: them. Oh, 100% he's got his eye on it. I just don't know if it'll be that easy. And uh, who do you think will win next year's Super Bowl? Ooh, early picks. Chiefs are going back.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I think this is a uh, nice—I've always been a fan of— Getting your fat, uh, your your face smacked at some point in your career. Patrick Mahomes got his face smacked, and so we're going to find out what that kid's all about next year. And I'm not doubting what that kid's going to, what that kid's going to be. I think he's going to take this in all the right ways. I think they're going to be extremely dangerous again next year.
1: The Equalizer debuted after this year's Super Bowl. How
2: many seasons do you think
1: that'll last?
0: Yeah. So Manny and I watched this after the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, we were bored from the Super Bowl, and I was disappointed.
0: And I thought the first 20 minutes was all right, and it kind of went downhill for me after that. Um, I, I look at a couple of things with, with my uh, my pick here. CBS hangs on to t- uh, to TV shows longer than any network. Ever they got ten shows on right now that have been on for 45 years. (laughs) I was looking at a list of the of a hundred and four of the longest running television shows in the history of television. CBS aired 49 of them. You prepared. They are not willing to give this stuff up. They had terrible um, viewers. They only had 20 million viewers, which was uh, the least amount since 2017 when Fox aired that fake 24 show for one year. If Kiefer Sutherland is out there, if you want to come on the show and talk about that please <laughs> give us a call for future considerations at gmail.com uh, I'm going to say five seasons I think it's it oh. five seasons
2: Wow, I'm going under hard under
0: <laughs> hard
2: under on that like the one thing to me what, tw- what made 24 so good was that the seas- the shows you had to watch the next episode mm. to see what happened mm-hmm. but now shows are trying to solve everything in one episode exactly and that's what happened with queen latifah she solved the crisis in the one episode sure there's a nugget that continues Mm -hmm. the series going forward but for that one issue that she had in this episode why did it have to be solved in the first one drag that storyline out a little bit more it's under five hard under (laughs) Okay. <laughs> um we were
1: watching the canadian channel so we watched uh, mike holmes and his kids uh renovating someone's
0: house do you have any idea how many shows mike holmes has going right now Today. 11 i think he's got 11, 11 shows i think he i saw him on master chef a couple weeks ago he was one of the masked singers wasn't he <laughs> the guy's the guy's on uh, he's got to be on 11 different shows hard under <laughs> hard under <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association have agreed to health and safety protocols with seven-inning doubleheaders and a runner on second base in extra innings. Uh, some of the traditionalists won't like it. What do you guys think of these rules?
2: I didn't mind it last year, actually, in the shortened yeah. pandemic. Yeah, I like. Everybody I, thought they were going to bunt the guy over, and hardly anybody bunted the guy over.
0: No, and that drove the the old baseball critics <laughs> even <getting> crazier. <laughs> you got run a runner on third with one out. and You're not willing to do it? Uh, I'm yes to both. I like, I love the seven-inning doubleheader. If there's one that I like more than the other, I love the seven-inning doubleheader. I think that changes the game, baby, as drastic as the DH in the National League. Like you now only need to get, you know, f- ideally three pitchers into the game, and you know you've got a middle reliever that can give you. Two innings. You've got a closer that can give you two innings. I mean, you're playing right afterwards, so you can't use those guys. But uh, I think uh, seven innings. I think you can really change a game with a bullpen um, if uh, if you've got seven inning double headers.
2: I like those rules, and I like the DH in the National League too.
0: Well, baseball's dying. Baseball needs to just come up with some ridiculous thing. They need Queen Latifah and Mike Holt to <laughs> 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 be the commentators on uh, on ESPN
2: <laughs>
1: Sunday oh, May,
0: yeah. It'd
2: be great.
1: and uh, the Australian Open is happening right now nicely underway are you guys going to be watching
2: oh I watched a little bit Tuesday night and it wasn't very good so
0: yeah so after that no Rafael Nadal <laughs> is going for you correct me if I'm wrong Rashad here because you you really are the only one that knows anything about tennis <laughs> That's right. Rafael Nadal is going for sole possession of Grand Slams 21 And uh, this would be the ninth Aussie Open Championship for uh, Djokovic, your boy?
1: Yep, that's right.
0: All right, I'm not watching. I'll tell you (laughs) why. Because look at the schedule today, and it may have just been listed wrong, but are the finals of these matches being played at 3.30 in the morning? (laughs) Eastern time?
1: Yeah, that's right, because uh, 7 o'clock here is uh, noon over there, and then that means the primetime matches... Which uh, start in the evening are uh, 3 a.m. start time
2: here. I remember working in newsrooms, getting the, the, putting the sportscast together at 4:30 in the morning, going, they've won the Australian Open. I'm like, what? It's 4:30 in the morning.
0: <laughs> Rashad was at my house one time, and we this would have been and, and correct me on the year Rashad, because I won't remember it off the top of my head. But we got up to watch Jeannie Bouchard at yeah. Wimbledon. And it was, you know, like a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday morning, right? Because we had been out the night before. Yeah. um, Or it was a Friday and we'd been out the Saturday morning.
2: Why go to bed? (laughs) I mean, the
0: the tennis match helped get us to sleep. (laughs) It was the last good match of Jeannie Bouchard's career, so we got to see that, but...
1: (laughs) Oh, and one more thing we should mention, uh, Serena Williams going for a 24th Grand Slam title to uh, tie Margaret Court for the all-time record. So uh, I'll let you know at three in the morning how that's going.
0: Lord knows we won't hear any sports on the radio anymore, so.
2: <laughs> oh, Chen Cheng. Oh. What's going on in the media world? It's unbelievable. Oh, wow. Wow. We'll get one of, our, one of our upcoming guests will get on to talk about what's going on in sports media right now. Because it's in media in general. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not good at all. all right, for three guys, John, Matt, and myself, coming from media, this, this is a gut punch. Yeah, it really, really is. Okay, so we're done for today, but not for the week, right?
1: That's right, because coming up every Friday, the OT...
0: Yeah, you can play with us as well. Well, you can play the game with us and play with us for future considerations after dark. But we are going to play another episode on Friday. Uh, do we know what we're playing yet on Friday?
2: Uh, yes. Name that player. Who Name am I? Name that player.
0: Okay. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll have a number of facts about somebody. Uh, You try to nail who it is. And uh, again, uh, send us your answer by email for future considerations at gmail dot com. You can message us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast FFC or on Facebook uh, for future considerations also.
2: Yeah. If we get multiple people with the right guess, we'll pick a winner and we'll reveal the correct answer on the very next show. Hopefully you're listening to us on your favorite channel, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Amazon is now putting... Are we? uh, I'm trying to make that happen, so stay tuned for that. So there
0: will be a time in the near future that we can be sitting in our basement and say, Alexa, play... For Future Considerations podcast. And it's gonna come on?
2: Well, I can do that right now. I do that right now. I had I asked Alexa to tune in for future considerations. She's doing it! And she found that she she is. She just
0: came on. We're in Manny's basement, two stories (laughs) up. Alexa just came on. She started playing episode one. (laughs) These guys suck. Who's listening to this?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So send us your email, uh, send us your emails, show suggestions, <laughs> let us know if it's working on Alexa you. <laughs> <slam. laughs> and on that note, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to For Future Considerations. Bye for now, boys. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful, their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw